What is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. Today is November 21st, and it is Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Dustin, what are your plans for the holiday? Nothing this year. We just had family wedding two weeks ago, so everybody's in town, so I don't need to go home again for that. So stay in town this year. Yeah, same here. So both of the Tailgate Talks guys will be kicking it in Lubbock this week yep. as uh, the Red Raiders head to Austin for football. Red Raiders are in the Bahamas for basketball. So uh, Red Ra- going banned in yeah. New York City. So Red Raiders uh, all over the place this weekend. Uh, um, but yeah, so I wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you all uh, travel safe to wherever you're headed. If you're headed to Austin for the game, hope you travel safe there. Root hard, yell loud, uh, and wear red. So um, we've got a lot to discuss this episode. We've got a victory against UCF to discuss. We've got a um, Texas game to discuss. We've got basketball in the battle for Atlantis to discuss. So a uh, fun episode uh, we got coming for you guys and to catch everything that we're doing here at Tailgate Talks through the rest of this football season into basketball season. Follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate a review. Also, if you follow us on social media, please, uh, we are on t- uh, Twitter at Tailgate underscore Talks. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you have any comments, questions, or things you want us to discuss on the tailgate, you can always shoot us an email at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Dustin, technical difficulties tonight weren't going to keep us from getting to record this episode. If it sounds any different, uh, my computer and all setup is uh, not cooperating today, so I am operating through my phone and AirPods. Uh, And so if this sounds any different, that is why. But we do have a Texas Tech football win to discuss. Texas Tech gets the win over UCF in their first meeting at 24-23 victory thanks to a blocked extra point there uh, in the fourth quarter. Six wins now on the season and bowl eligibility. Dustin, uh, what did you think about the win over the UCF Knights on Saturday? I mean, this is pretty on par for what this team's been this year, giving us a roller coaster of a game, coming down to the wire (laughs) and pulling it out. Uh, sometimes, sometimes not. And this time they pulled it off three straight wins, you know, three, four weeks ago, we thought we were in the deepest of holes and couldn't get out to win three out of the next four, but here we are. And now we got six wins, huge win. Joey McGuire is now seven and one in November in his two years. So that's huge. November, Joey coming out, um, need to work on September and October a lot in the next coming years. Uh, but yeah, like the opposite of Cliff. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff do the first off. half, and Joey do the second half to come next year. Uh, 
But yeah, huge win to get that six win, send the seniors off with a dub. Yeah, always important to end the the home season with a win to me. And this one, like you said, was much like a lot of the games that we've watched this team play all year where it was like, all right, you feel in control. Uh, and then all of a sudden UCF's going down to tie the game. And then all of a sudden uh, you get a blocked field goal and, and you win the game. And so we've been doing just enough to get these wins over the last three weeks. And you go from three and five on the season to now six and five, like you said, November, Joey. There's just something different about it. You're able to find ways to win these kind of ugly games. You did it last year, too, like with that win against Iowa State, yeah. you know. And so uh, it's something about this team that finds ways to win when you need it to. It was uh, not an amazing performance from the offense. The defense did its typical bend-don't-break uh, type style, gave up, you know, what UCF typically averages offensively, but got the stops when they needed to. Got the missed extra points. Got UCF making some mistakes, and so uh, I figured let's let's go through a few moments of this game that stood out. First off, the the first key moment of the game for me, Dustin, was when you got to the game there in like what end of the yeah. first quarter, mid uh, start of the second quarter. Into the first, uh, they just UCF just ran that fake field goal and scored. Yeah, and then once I showed up, we went on a fourteen zero run. So. A 21-0 run. 21-0 run. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the game was not going well. Uh, it was 14-0 UCF. Dustin had had to do some basketball out at SBC, yeah. so he was uh, a little bit behind on arriving to the game. But Dustin arrives, and then uh, the, the Texas Tech offense must have felt that because immediately it was like a Dre McCray, nice kickoff, and then uh, went down the field and actually scored a touchdown to Dre McCray. Yeah. And so uh, one of the rare Dre McRae catching a ball sightings. Um, uh, it, it, it's been rare this season, but he had a few in this game. Uh, the second key moment was something that we normally experience watching Texas Tech football, but it was UCF uh, mismanaging the clock there at the end of the in, end of the first half. Your thoughts on on uh, the the clusterfuck that was UCF at the end in there trying to get the touchdown. Yeah, a lot of things in this game happen that usually happen to us, um, and this is by far one of them. I mean, I noticed UCF using timeouts early in that first half already yeah. in the second quarter, so they didn't have but one or zero timeouts going into that drive. They had one, and they used it with like they had 30 seconds left on the clock when they used that one. Yeah, and then defense just played good of keeping the guys in front of them, tackling them inbounds, and – they tackled them at, I don't know, sometime inside the five or ten yard line. And UCF had like eight seconds to try to get up and get a playoff, and they weren't even close. They probably needed two more seconds to even try to snap that ball. So that was just great work. We took a timeout late in that also. Yeah, I think so. Make sure we were ready for like two or three straight plays and to keep everybody in bounds. So I thought those were good timeouts on our end. I know it helps them, but to game plan for ourselves of, hey, we got two, three plays here. Here's what we're doing. Let's keep them in bounds. Let's be smart. And it worked out for us. It was awesome. Yeah, I thought, um, yeah, it was funny to see them kind of fail there. You know, 30 seconds left. I, I remember making a note to you. It was like, that was that. Coaches were going crazy. Yeah, yeah. That was their last time out. You know, maybe that'll benefit us, tackle them in bounds, make them have to run the clock, and they – 
you could tell they they ran their play that they thought they were going to score a touchdown on. It was the little shovel pass that like the Chiefs kind of yeah. have perfected, and they were too far out. The defense did a great job of containing them, and then I went back and rewatched the play, and uh, they just didn't have situational awareness there. Like their line was nope. not hustling back, and so uh, by the mm-hmm. time they all got in formation to do the snap, it was already zero zero zero. So it was definitely funny to watch that. It was a huge momentum killer for them because they were looking to take the lead before halftime um and instead they walk away with no points and then you get the ball to start the second half so uh it was definitely a momentum swing a key part of that game keeping them out of the end zone keeping them from scoring a field goal to go ahead definitely changed the outlook of that game Uh, another key moment cj baskerville finally getting his first career turnover uh as a red raider he gets a pickoff in uh, the second half that ends up leading to a Taj Brooks touchdown, which gave you the 21-14 lead at that point. Um, what do you think about uh, C.J. Baskerville's pick? Because, you know, he's starting to play a lot better. You're starting to hear his name called a lot more. And then it all culminated with this interception um, since his position change uh, after the bye week. Yeah, position change over the last three weeks has been huge. He's also been able to stay healthier yeah, back that there. <laughs> That's Having him on the field is also a plus. Um, so double plus there. He's been great. So really nice to see him get a pick there. And also, like, I'm always big on this. Like, what do we do with it? And because there was a time UCF, like, they didn't use their interception yeah. very well. Not if I'm thinking they're right. Over yeah, the right missed, game. Uh, but, they uh, missed the field goal. Uh after they, because Barron yep. did throw a pick there in the second quarter, they missed the field goal. And uh, so to yeah. turn around and use that and get a touchdown out of it is huge. Yeah, and it was one of those plays where he kind of felt like a turnover was coming from him. He's been all over the field uh, ever since the positional change. You know, he's been one of your leading tacklers the last several weeks. Uh, he's been making yep. plays, a lot of big hits. Uh, this time it was. Uh, just a bad throw by Plumley, and he was in the right spot for it. We thought maybe the offensive player might have been able to get a hand on it. I remember it was kind of a weird angle, uh, but he was able to hold it, uh, get the touch, uh, and then we were able to capitalize on the touchdown. So that was nice. And then ultimately, the the big two moments at the end of the game here, UCF goes in for a touchdown on what was just a completely broken play. And I forgot to write this in the yep. – in, in one of the key moments, a double blitz uh, safety in a corner and left one receiver just wide open with no safety help over top. Dustin, what the what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, that was miscommunication is what that was. I watched the press conference on Monday and Stevens coordinator said, yeah, only one of those guys yeah, it had was to supposed to go there. Obviously, he wouldn't tell us, you know who was supposed to go, what was supposed to be happening, signals and whatnot. But uh, obviously only one guy is supposed to go there and they pulled it out, ran all the way down for a 75 yard touchdown, which gave them, you know, five and a half minutes of playing time to try to figure this out. But then something else happened in there. Yeah, it was a completely busted coverage. Like you said, it had to be somebody misread the play call because Braylon Lux and uh, I can't remember the other – was it Baskerville that was over there that also blitzed? Um, 
and yeah, just completely missed coverage. And you're thinking UCF's about to tie this. They go up for the extra point. Their kicker had been shaky all game. He had already missed. Uh, he had already missed a field goal. He already doinked one. Um, and so it, Dustin felt like a block kick was coming, and that's in, that's what happened. Yeah. Lisa Banks gets a arm on it uh, to knock the ball. Uh, a different direction. It does not go through the field goal post, giving the Red Raiders the 24-23 victory. Uh, Dustin, special teams has done just about everything this season. The only thing that they hadn't had on the resume was a blocked field goal, and to get one in this moment, what that means? <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it just because they tied it up, or could have tied it up, and, you know, they're probably not getting the ball back. This is our last chance to really – yeah upset that that score for them and send guys all out and those dudes up the middle came through um so yeah that was crazy but yeah special teams have been awesome i mean the return game has been amazing you had that blocked extra point for a game winner yeah you've had a blocked punt for a touchdown you've had a kick return touchdown punt return game's been good yep. gino's been solid you have the best punter in the country <laughs> like damn yeah. Yeah, all around as good of a special teams performance from start to finish this season as you've had and culminates in a game-winning field goal block, and it's just nice. Dustin yeah. was feeling it. I think we got close early on in the game to blocking one, too. So um, you could tell that Kenny Perry might have thought we had an advantage there. And um, I think uh, Duda Banks was yeah. saying that him and, and Tony Bradford were just like, let's just go block this thing. Let's and they were able it. to do it. And so – uh, that helps uh, give Texas Tech the lead. And all you had to do there was run the clock out and something that we've seen Tech teams be, struggle to do. But Kitley leaned on Taj Brooks on that last drive, and he was not going to be denied this victory. He was just getting crazy, like crazy runs where it looked like a minus yep. one or two-yard run, and then all of a sudden it's a six-yard game. What were your thoughts on, on what Taj did there at the end of that game to secure the victory? Yeah, those last leaning on Taj, man, he put the team on the, his back and just said, I'm going to end this game for us. And, yeah, so many times they had a zero-yard tackle coming, and he just shakes that guy, shakes another guy, gets four or five yards. I mean, Kelly even said we ran the same play four straight times because it was working. <laughs> so, like, and yeah. the last drive was five and a half minutes. You ran 11 plays, 48 yards, couple to first downs. The drive before that was also huge because you milked off just over four minutes and 42 yards there yeah. and got the game-winning field goal eventually. The Geno hit from 51. Um, so, like, to use up over nine and a half minutes in that fourth quarter when the ball is literally in your hands, in your court, and – you just played keep away so well. We even said like before yep. that fourth quarter drive started, like Taj only had 13 carries for like, I don't know, 90 or something yards, like pretty minimal stuff. Uh, yeah. 13 for one eighteen at one. So point. We, and we were like, cause it was still like, man, man, he only has 13 touches. And then obviously goes off yeah. in the fourth quarter with the team on his back. So like great job, Taj, great job. O-line great job. Kitley calling all that too. And even Baron threw some, some darts to Koy Aiken to get some first yeah. downs too. 
Yeah, you really just ran the ball, but there was a couple times where uh, in our, our free Kelsey saw it. He was like, you got Quake and one-on-one coverage. He's like your one receiver. The only guy. really get separation, and and you got – and he was able to get it on, on a couple huge plays for you, uh, get you first downs and keep that clock yep. ticking. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Taj just kind of – he just carried you at the end. Every UCF trying to save those timeouts, he got six yards, six yards first down, and then another first down, and then it was game over. And so, uh, man, it's been fun to have a running back like that who can uh, get you those tough yards when the when UCF knows a run is coming. Didn't matter. Uh, and still be able to do that. Pretty special. So – that's all the kind of key moments from this game. But now let's uh, take a look at the offense. What was your thoughts, you know, Taj Brooks aside here, uh, we'll get to him in a little bit. What are your thoughts on the overall performance from the offense in this game? Uh, kind of some stats for you real quick before uh, you answer that question. Barron had 256 yards uh, passing. He was 21 of 35, two touchdowns through the air, did throw one pick. Uh, Taj Brooks, 182 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, your leading receivers on the day, Xavier White, three for 77. Dre McRae, four for 55 and a touchdown. Mason Tharp returned three for 31 and a touchdown. So your thoughts on, on, on the offense and, and what Kitley did in this game? Yeah, we just talked about the fourth quarter. That was amazing stuff. Milk and clock getting first down, especially with Taj. But, I mean, up until that, it was – Okay. I mean, I guess first quarter was pretty bad. Second quarter was pretty good. And then you just handled fourth, third quarter. Third quarter, eh. So, like, the consistency wasn't there. Overall result was good. The numbers looked good. So, you're not going to complain there. And, I mean, still just hope they break down the film, try to get better at it. Um, We were just very surprised that we were able to milk so much clock in that fourth quarter. Um, So, Overall, pretty good just because, hey, you scored one more point than they did. Yeah, I think my frustrations with the offense kind of came in that first quarter. Um, you know, you you broke out a couple of big plays on those first two drives. You know, you didn't do the typical three and out thing to start That's the good. game that we kind of get frustrated by. You had a deep shot on like your first play of the game down to Xavier White for a big game. Uh, both times you had the ball there in the first quarter. Uh, you had, or I mean, it was a long first quarter. So, um, but both times you you had chances to score. You got to fourth downs. The first fourth down, I didn't mind the call. Um, Barron just threw it. Defender made a good play, knocked down the pass. The second call, the second fourth down call is where I do have an issue. And this is where I really think Kitley needs to figure some things out. Is It was fourth and four, maybe a fourth and long four too. And your pass is a, a two-yard slant to Jaron Bradley, who was completely covered. Right. And, like, if he it's caught it, it, he was going to be well short. Um, and, and that makes no sense. And if no. you were on Twitter during the, that moment of the game, like, you saw everybody, RC, uh, Rob Bro, like, everybody like, hmm, what are we going doing? fourth and four, uh, do, throwing a two-yard pass is quite the choice. You know, it, it was just a baffling kind of play call. And that's where, that's the, the calls right there that kill you. You know, you, you had momentum yeah. on these drives and then all of a sudden you're calling a pass that doesn't even get you beyond the first down line on a fourth yeah. down. That's just kind of the bizarre play calling that we've seen from him this year. But, you know, the, after, after the slow start, you were able to, you know, another big play with Dre McRae on a kick return, getting you, 
good field position, you're able to take advantage of it. And so, you know, you had some nice drives in there. You had some nice plays. I thought Barron made some nice throws. Um, you know, the, the two touchdown passes were nice plays. The one to Mason Tharp, especially, I thought was a really nice play because uh, it was just kind of one of those uh, backyard yep. ball plays where Tharp had to go find an opening. Barron saw him and, and hit him for a touchdown. I did like – Then you go right back to it. I did like a lot of his throws. We were said earlier, like, Quay Aiken is the only guy that can get open one-on-one. So, yeah. fourth quarter, there was a lot of huge catches there. and then like. Second or third quarter, like him and Jordan Brown also have like a connection thing going on. Yeah. And he just zipped some in. Jordan Brown made some great catches. Yeah, those little out routes, Jordan Brown has kind of like perfected that. And those were easy pickups. Yeah. But then like, yeah, you, you know, you come into the second uh, second half and it's a punt, interception, punt. You finally get your touchdown because of the C.J. Baskerville interception where you're already right. in, you know, good territory. Um, and then, fill, you know, you get the field goal, which was a nine-play drive, four minutes, eight seconds off the clock, and then you have the 11-play, five-minute, 30-second drive. So it was like it's really inconsistent, which is the theme for the offense this season. It's like yeah. really good drives and then really bad drives and, and, and not really much going on. But like you said, it was ultimately enough to get the job done, so we'll take it. The defensive side of the ball, they – they gave up some yards in this game, as we mentioned. Uh, UCF pretty much hit their averages uh, in this game. You had, let's see, let me get to the stats right quick. You had Plumley throw for 248 yards. Um, your, Plumley was their leading rusher on the day for 84 yards. Uh, and their leading receiver, Javon Baker, 117 yards. Mo- the majority of it coming on that busted play. Um, yeah. But, you know, ultimately they were able to kind of do the similar things that UCF has done all year. They just didn't score the points that they're used to scoring all year. So and that's what I said was gonna it was gonna come yeah. down to was third downs and capitalizing in the red zone. Yeah, and you were able to do that. You were able to get some big stops after they scored on their first two drives, or not their first two drives, but uh, they scored twice in the first quarter to get up fourteen zero. After that, they only score one more touchdown uh, and a field goal. So uh defense did or yeah just yeah am i looking at that right yeah one more touchdown and a field goal so um so yeah your thoughts on the defense's performance from this game yeah once i got there from second quarter on late late first second quarter on it was pretty damn good so um had the interception and besides Mm -hmm. the broken play in the fourth like really good stuff so from what I saw with my eyes, we had a great defensive performance. Now, you tell me what happened in the first quarter from there. <laughs> yeah, your first drive, I mean, they, they came out firing. You know, their scripted plays were working. They had some, you know, they, they really take advantage of those RPOs. And, and Plumlee is very good at holding yeah. that ball and making the defenders think you're running and then throwing it at the last second, you know, right at the line of scrimmage. And he burned us twice on those plays. One, luckily, the receiver was out of bounds. Um, but then they came right back and scored the next play. Um, so that first play kind of had you – or that first drive really had you kind of worried just because of the way that they were able to move the ball downfield pretty easily uh, against you. Then you're able to kind of hold the next drive, uh, which made you feel all right because you're like, shit, are they just going to go up 14-0 on us here? <laughs> um you know, and then, of course, offense fails again, 
and then another 11 play drive down the field where they're just able to convert on third downs. You know, you didn't do a good job uh, getting stops. And then the backbreaker was that fourth down where he thought he held them to a field goal. And then they do the uh, fake field goal with the fastest little kicker. Like he was pretty freaking quick. Um, yeah, I was walking into the stadium and so I could hear the announcers like, all right, we got third down. Yeah. All right, we got fourth down. And then I walk in and the offense still on the field. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a sweet little trick play that they ran. Uh, and, and the guy was just really quick. We weren't ready for it. And then they end up scoring a touchdown. And so that was really it. You know, next, you know, uh, of course, their next, you know, few drives, you were able to get some stops. Um, yeah. And of course, they had their, their mishap at the end of the half. But you know, it, it's that typical bend, don't break defense. They got stops when you needed them too. Of course, you know, UCF helped you out with the end of the first half, missing a field goal, throwing an interception. Um, so things like that really helped you out. But, uh, you know, ultimately down the stretch when you needed to get stops, that's when you, you had a hard time getting the stops. You know, you, you give up the field goal and then you give up the just the, you know, completely busted coverage play where they score a touchdown. Uh, it's your special teams that saves the day. So, uh, yeah, but in the end, though, like with that like missed block kick uh, that we had, they missed yeah. seven points on kicks because extra point, the doink, and then not getting that one off before yeah. halftime. There's seven whole points right there that you know they could have won easily this game. Yeah, they definitely they definitely have to be looking at this game like they that we lost this game. You know, we we yeah. definitely deserve to win this game, but we we kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, but it's another game where you only give up 23 points and you're thinking like w- with the offense that you thought you were coming into this season, you thought that would be an easy win. And you're sitting there looking at the end of the game. It's like, shit, we're going to give up just 23, 24 points at the end of this game. We're going to have to yeah. go to overtime. Um, it's just like some of those frustrating things. Where it's like, I think there's four or five games where you've held the team to yes. a pretty reasonable score and almost yes. lost. Uh, two weeks in a row now that that's almost happened because, because the Kansas game was, was very similar. So, yep. um, but you know, a win is a win. Um, and we did get to bowl eligibility here. So Dustin, we were three and five just a few weeks ago. After BYU heading into the bye, everything seemed like it was uh, headed for disaster. Bowl eligibility felt almost impossible. What does it mean to you, and what do you think it means for this team to be able to get that sixth win and get to bowl eligibility despite the high expectations going into the season? Yeah, once you get past, you know, being under your expectations, and if you've reassessed those in the last couple months, this is a great, great thing for this team this coaching staff especially with how young we are like yeah god like i always think bowl games are huge just because like people get fed up with all oh, you got six or seven wins and you get to do this you know postseason but like if you look at it from off the football game thing like you get a whole extra month of practice that's massive you get to get yeah. guys healthy for two three four weeks whatever you, you get like a lot of teams try different things out and different positions, things that they think would work better next year, you know, whatnot. Um, like we switched out safeties before the Ole Miss game last year. That's why I want to yeah. for Oklahoma because he didn't want to do that. Um, he got replaced. But, like, having that's just massive. Like, back-to-back bowl game seasons for the first time since, what, 08, 09, 
Mm-hmm. And then three, three in a row now. Yeah, three. In a, yeah, you're right. Yeah, three in a row. And this is back to back home or conference winning, winning, winning record. So like, all those are huge ones. You look at it in the end of the day. Like, I know your record overall is not where you want it to be, but hey, you get an extra month, you get guys in, and you're gonna have. I think Joey said eleven early enrollees. Um, from next year's yeah. class, Micah Hudson, Will Hammond, the big guys there coming in. Um, they'll get to practice. They won't get to play, obviously. But, like, hell, even just having them around, like, helps. You know, they get to actually see practice, be a part of it, maybe um, go through all that stuff. So just helps your next group of guys, like, grow, develop so much more. Yeah, making a ball is never a bad thing. It's always yeah. extra practice time for those guys, extra time to, to get better. You're always going to take that. And from where we were, you know, yeah, our expectations this season weren't to win six games. It, it was significantly higher than that. But to where you were at three and five and this season feeling like a wrap, like I, I can think of the last three coaches that were here, Tuberville, Cliff, what? Wells, if that happens, it's a wrap, you know. Maybe we get four wins, but you know, the, those yeah. seasons just continued to snowball. Like, like once you once it was bad, it got worse. Especially with and the so injuries, they Joey would just make to, excuses, be like, "Oh, whatever, yeah. we couldn't help it." Yeah, yeah. But next year, what if Alan Bowman is fully healthy? You know, we don't make those excuses for for Cliff, but you know this this team and and uh, you know I saw our friend Eric Lawner have a post that got retweeted by uh, Blanchard, I think. And he was just like, no excuses for this coaching staff, you know. Um, and, and you could see that. They're still coaching these guys up. And, and it, it's easy to say, hey, the season isn't going the way that we wanted to and kind of pack it in, not try hard. Um, but that's not what they did. They kept going out there fighting. And while the games haven't been the most pretty, they, they found ways to win these games and to fight and scratch and claw and get to bowl eligibility. It shows a lot about this coaching staff. It shows a lot about these players uh, and, and just their effort and, and willingness to continue to compete. And so uh, I think it's something to be proud of. And and once again, like it's something that's going to be said a lot. It's not our expectations, but um, it's easy to just get down on yourself when you're failing to meet those expectations and just quit. Uh, but these guys didn't do that. And the best part is we get to watch guys like Jalen Hutchings, Taj Brooks, um, rabbit get to play one more game in the red and black yeah. hopefully you know if they're healthy and, and so those guys deserve one more game they deserve right you know bowl experiences are really cool for the players and so it's cool to have that opportunity for these guys one last time and they get to be you know the guys who like we made three straight bowl games and and a big part of this turnaround here that's going on at Texas Tech so uh, proud of the effort proud of the way that they were able to fight uh, and get these wins to get us to ball eligibility when it felt impossible. I think we were on here saying, I don't think we're going to make it. Yeah. And here you go. Here you go. <laughs> so, all right. Texas Tech gets the win. That means it is time to open Club Red for yeah. the sixth time this season. Somebody turn on some damn All right, Dustin, Club Red is open, and let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Who is your Club Red VIP for us uh, in this UCF victory? I'm going to welcome back Mason Tharp to the team. 
All right. Been gone for a while. Our big tight end that we love so much, 6'9", 270, Mason Tharp. He had a nice touchdown uh, late in that game. He didn't even have to die for it because he's so big. But, yeah, backyard, like, hey, just run in the back of the end zone. I'll throw it to you. And great touchdown. He was in a lot of this game. Didn't seem like he was on a huge snap count. Yeah. And that helps our running game a ton to mismatch with him. So welcome back, Mason Tharp, to the fold. I like that one. Uh, he was one of my two candidates. If you didn't select him, I was going to select him. My candidate, I'm going with Dre McCray. Welcome to Club Red. Dre yeah. Uh, he had four catches, 55 yards. He had a touchdown. But he also had the nice kick return that really kind of sparked the yes. offense to get us on the board for our first touchdown, which coincidentally was him. Um, and so it's a guy that we've really liked this season. We wish we would have used him a lot more this season because it seems like he can get open and make some pretty tough catches. You think? Um, and so, um, <laughs> yeah, I will welcome Dre McRae to Club Red. Of course, Taj Brooks always gets the invite. He's always welcome with the, what he's done this season um, and reaching a career high in his last game at the Jones. So he's on an automatic uh, entry for this week. Defensively, Dustin, uh, I've got a couple choices here. Which way are you going for the defensive side of the ball? I was going to go Jacob Rodriguez for a couple reasons here. One, he led your team in tackles. Um, He's been a jolt of energy for this defense since coming back three weeks ago. Um, But also letting him in because he's done for the year, or at least this week. He's going to sit out this week to preserve his red shirt which is a smart move by his coaching staff, but also unselfish by him. Um, sit out probably the biggest game, rivalry game, um, to get that plus one year. So he basically like he never even played this year, um, yeah. which helps your defense, helps your depth, helps your locker room because he's such a baller out there. So Jacob Rodriguez in his last regular season game, and then he'll be back for the bowl game. Yeah, I had him on my list as well. I, uh, you know, I think it's really smart. I think he's been really good in his few games. Preserve that uh, year of eligibility for him. You're going to need him. Him and uh, Ben uh, Ben Roberts have are going to be a very formidable linebacking Huge. duo for you next year if they, you know, are healthy. And so that's really important. Um, and I think as long, you know, once you got that six victory, I, I wonder if it would have been any different if you, I, I bet he would be playing they, if you lost. They were seeing the plan was if we get to six, then he'll sit. If we don't, yeah. then he's playing. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. it worked out this way. So yeah, his last opportunity for the regular season, I'm going to back to back weeks for CJ Baskerville. He got the yeah. uh, big turnover that turned into points for you. Uh, he also was your second leading tackler. Um, you know, one, one of the things that has been common since the move is he's been right up there, either your top tackler or, or the yep. second leading tackler. So he's made a really big impact since switching over to the safety position. So, uh, and of course, getting your only turnover of the game get you into club red and then for the second straight week special teams is just everybody gets in austin mcnamara oh, yeah. uh you know gino awesome punts gino garcia hitting a huge field goal for you and then the block field goal too and dre mccray with a, a nice return so they are just clicking on all cylinders once again uh, just something that's been very common for them this season and so once again all the special teams guys you're getting into club red so that is it for our ucf let's 
quickly go through our prediction recaps. Dustin had a 34-27 victory for the Red Raiders. I had a 38-27 victory for the Red Raiders. Not as high a scoring game as we thought. We thought this would be more of an offensive uh, my offensive showing. It was uh, quite less than that. Uh, defense Offensively, D- uh, Dustin had Taj Brooks with over 150 yards on the day. Uh, I had Taj, one of my few predictions that I've actually nailed. I went a little ballsy and I went with Taj Brooks having a career high and he gets it with 182 yards in the game. So I feel really good about that one. We'll both count it because Dustin had him over 150 yards. He was able to accomplish that. Uh, Defensively, Dustin had third down conversions under 42% for the defense. Uh, It was 53%. And then I had like a little senior duo of of uh, our D our DN or not DNs but D line and getting a sack yeah. and Rabbit getting a pick. Rabbit got hurt in the game, so he didn't play. Uh, I don't think he played like the second half, so uh, missed that one. Uh, but we'll take the offensive prediction and we'll take the win. Um, but that'll do it for our UCF coverage. It's time to shift our focus over to the last regular season of. Uh, Red, Red, last game of the regular season. Sorry, I'm stumbling through that as the Red Raiders are set to take on the Texas Longhorns in Austin. All right. Well, we have reached the end of the regular season. This Texas Tech Red Raiders head to Austin this week to face off with the Texas Longhorns on Black Friday. Texas currently number seven in the nation, 10-1 on the season, coming off a victory over the Iowa State Cyclones in Ames over the weekend. Uh, Their first 10-win season since 2008, 2009. Yeah. Uh, So 10 years for them. Doing that, uh, this is also our last meeting with the Texas Longhorns as Big 12 Conference foes and for who knows how long. So, Dustin, how are you feeling as we head into uh, this matchup with the Texas Longhorns? Obviously feeling good because we've got the bowl game solidified. So, really going in here with little to no worries like in the big overall picture. Now, once you dial it down to playing – Big rival Texas, you know, it is a rivalry, whatever they don't want to say about it. Uh, Especially after you won last year uh, at home in overtime with the Sean Merriweather fumble uh, on Bijan. So I think they're, they're kind of on edge too. And, you know, your Mark had some choice words for for them in the preseason. (laughs) So he'll be at the game. So, I'm sure Texas has plenty of motivation going in this game as well as we do. Yeah, we'll have plenty of motivation. They'll have plenty of motivation. I feel like it's definitely on their side as they still have a chance to, you know, an outside shot at making the college football playoff, uh, have an 11 win season, yeah. still trying to make sure they solidify their spot in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, so there's a lot riding on there for them. And, and at this point for us, we really have nothing to lose here. You know, you, you've got your six wins. So you've secured your bowl eligibility. Um, nobody expects you to win this game. The, the starting spread for this was like a 14-point spread. I think it's come down a few points since then. But, you know, really nobody expects you to win this game. Texas has been the much better team all season. Um, but, it, you know, 
yeah. you have those comments and that's the thing you know a lot of texas tech fans talked a lot of shit this is one of the things that i try to refrain yep. from is trying to yep. post bulletin board material post stuff that can be bookmarked for later i don't like getting into that but right. a lot of texas tech fans did brett yormark did joey mcguire did and so that does kind of add that fire i think to ut that much that wasn't needed, you know, that wasn't needed to be there. And then, of course, that was all before the season started. Now your season has kind of not gone the way that you thought it was going to go. Uh, but maybe it's better this way. You know, maybe you play a little more free, a little more loose. I feel like the pressure would have been a lot higher if this was a potential Big 12 conference title game, you know, of a, a playoff in a way for making it, or, or if we were having a great season, like there'd have been a lot of pressure at this point. Yeah. You're just kind of like, Hey, we got nothing to lose here. Uh, we made our bowl game. If we right. get a win here, it's better and, for us. So, and you can play spoiler because Texas is looking pretty close to, you know, two more wins and they might be in the yeah. college football playoff for the first time. And so you can ruin that if you get a, a loss, another loss on their record right here. Yeah. I would much rather play the spoiler to them and, and it would be sweet. It would be very sweet to get a win here. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's a big game, big game for this black Friday. And uh, of course, a lot of people on Twitter game will be Friday. talking. Yeah. Make sure if you, it's not Saturday folks, it's on Friday. So make sure six thirty, six six thirty. can't remember exactly what time, uh, but you're at your TVs with your family after a nice Thanksgiving, after some black Friday shopping, and get settled in for hopefully what will be a Texas Tech win, uh, and and in this conference rivalry with them on a positive note, Dustin, just your thoughts on the potential of this being, you know, the ender for the series for you know who knows when the next time we will play Texas will be in football. Yeah, that that part sucks. I mean. They don't want to admit it, but they're by far our rival. I mean, so is A&M. Like, two big in-state schools, I mean, in the same conference. We play each other and everything. I mean, lots of fun hatred or real hatred built up um, over years and years and years and in every game. So that that part sucks um, to to have to miss out on that. So really hope we can get a win here to send them out with loss and ruin their season on that. Yeah, I – I don't want to have to go into the future knowing that Texas gets to hold this one over us for, you know, however long that might be. And that's what would suck about this loss. Uh, The thing that will make it not feel so bad is that your team's just not as good as you thought it was going to be going into the season. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, yeah, we missed on some things there, but ultimately it'll be like, all right, yeah, Texas was supposed to win this game. Um, And so that'll, that'll kind of soften the blow of it, but it does really suck that this is over. You know, uh, I think I saw Don Williams tweet out when everybody was kind of outraged that tech didn't get like a, um, a secured rival in the new big 12 TCU, Baylor, Houston, whoever we wanted it to be. And Don Williams was like, we don't have any rivalries left now that A&M and Texas have left the conference. Right. And I feel this, you know, I feel that the same um, you know, those were the two schools that are really hated. And no matter w- what TCU or yeah. Baylor does, that hatred's never going to get to the level of hatred that I felt for A&M back in the day that I feel for Texas now. So to have that game not be on the schedule every year, definitely going to suck, definitely going to miss getting hyped. You know, Texas week is always different. Um, so not having that anymore, it's definitely going to suck. And so um, it's sad that this is potentially going to be over. Um, I think it does need yep. a breather there for a little bit. 
uh, once the, <laughs> the conference is actually, you know, after we separate. But I would like to I would like to think that our ADs will figure out a way to play each other down the road and not do what A&M does, which is just they're just going to completely separate. And then they're going to tweet out like, hey, 17-0 against yeah. in-state competition. And it's like, bro. <laughs> well, they haven't played Tech, Texas, not even Houston. Not even Houston. Uh, or TC or Baylor in that stretch. You know, they're playing all the super poor, low-level schools like sick brag man that's <laughs> i'm glad that everybody everybody clowned on that it was like cool your wins are against acu texas state uh utah utah was like terrible football school so um so yeah hopefully uh you know down the road this rivalry will get renewed and i think joe mcguire said it best like we don't need to go to Oregon to play a non-conference game, we can just go down to Austin or they can come up here and, and we can get that job done. And so hopefully that happens. Uh, but for now, we'll shift our focus into the last game. Uh, Barron and this offense go up against a defense that gives up about 253 yards through the air, only 82 on the ground. So pretty formidable defense that we're going to have to go up against they held iowa state last week to just nine yards rushing um not great numbers Ooh. when you are a team that needs to be able to run the ball that's the way you think about baron kitley and this offense against this texas defense yeah you mentioned earlier like texas is very very good this year and they've met their expectations they have a ton of good players starting on defense like Senior Jalen Ford at linebacker, one of the best linebackers in the country, and he's going to be everywhere. And then their D line is just yeah, really good and massive. Sweat up front, it's like three hundred and sixty pounds, so they're going to be a really tough challenge. By far, our hardest challenge we've had this year. Um, so, what can we do with that? I don't know because. I mean, sure, we want to get Taj the ball, but they're not going to let that happen as well. Yeah. Um, now, good thing is our O-line's probably coming off their best overall game. Um, they're going to need to really step up. That's what it's going to come down to is how well can our O-line block for Barron and block for Taj to get us yards and first downs. Like, Because Ford and that D-line yeah. are studs, man. Yeah, this is why I don't like the outlook of this game is because of this defense. And you've gone up against some not great defenses these last two weeks, and you've struggled to score still. So once you go up against a good defense, is it going to be much of the same? And their their weakness on this Texas defense is the passing game, and that's your weakness on offense too is the passing game. And so, um, you know, if Taj is shut down, I really don't, I, I really don't know how you're going to be able to move the ball if they're able to, yeah. to defend the pass too. And so um, it's one of those things. It's just like, this is a good test for Kitley. If he wants to keep his job, he's got to put up a, yeah. he's got to put up a good performance this week against UT. You can't leave this game only scoring like one or, or under like 13 points, like, which is what we've done, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You've got to be able to put points on the board. You got to keep up with this Texas offense. That's going to score on you. Um, and you got to be able to match them. And, and Taj, they're going to sell out to stop that guy. Uh, yeah. So that's what makes me nervous. Yeah, and they're 
Texas is the number one scoring defense in the Big 12 with only 18 points against yeah. per game. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't bode well for an offense that struggles to put 20 points on the board. So uh, I feel like it's going to be a struggle for the offense. But who knows? Maybe Barron has a really good day. He he was able to hit some nice throws against UCF once the offense got going. Um, but you're going to need to see a really good performance out of him. It, this game is you're going to try to you know force it to Taj and see whatever he can get. But if the Texas is shutting that up, like Barron's got to be able to make some throws. He's got to not throw the ball into triple coverage. He's got to make smart, uh, good decisions yeah. while he's throwing the ball. You think he can? Do you think there's a chance that he can have himself a pretty big game here and and lead the Red Raiders to an upset? He's going to need to. I mean, like you said, they're gonna sell out for Brooks. Offense line is they're like the X factor, but yeah, what how good is the shoulder? How far can he throw it? How smart can he be with some of those throws? Cause so he's had at least one a game that's very, very questionable and picks off. Yep. Um we can't do that. We gotta execute all our plays and no turnovers, gotta get touchdowns in the red zone, you know, all that stuff's gotta click to for this game to happen in our favor. Yeah. For me, if he wants to show that he can be the quarterback next year, that gets us to the level that we wanted this year to be, it, this is a good test for him. You know, this is a good test. Can he go oh up against God. a really good defense like Texas uh, and have success? And, and not saying that if he doesn't have success means he's going to be bad next year. It's just, uh, you know, it's going to scream that he's got a lot of work on this off season. And so, um, you know, the level that Joey and this fan base wants us to get need, need, needs a quarterback that can go out there and throw the ball around against yep. a good defense like this. So we'll see. It's a tall task for this offense. So we'll see if they're up to it defensively. It's a tall task for them as well. They go up against Quinn Ewers, who's thrown for 2,500 yards so far this season, 16 touchdowns to four interceptions. Uh, their leading running back, Brooks, is out uh, with an ACL. He got hurt two weeks ago, so he will not be playing. Uh, but their backup running back, C.J. Back Baxter, is in. He has 500 yards rushing on the season, three touchdowns. Last week uh, in the starting role for Texas had 117 yards versus Iowa State. A uh, lot of receiver threats for this Texas team. Xavier Worthy, their leading receiver. We're all familiar with Xavier Worthy. Uh, he has 834 oh, yeah. yards on the season, four touchdowns. Their uh, second leading receiver, their leading receiver in touchdowns, he is 8-9 Mitchell. Uh, he is a transfer. He has 669 yards, nine total touchdowns. So he's definitely a target that they're going to uh, look at yeah. when they get in the red zone. And then, of course, uh, the tight end mismatch, Jatavion Sanders. Uh, we're all also familiar with this guy, the uh, pro-style looking tight end. 457 yards on the season, one touchdown. Uh, Dustin, defensively, uh, what do you think? Uh, how do you think this defense does stacked up to this uh, Texas offense? And, of course, uh, you and me both really do respect how Sark calls an offense. Yeah, I've talked for years. I hate Sark going to Texas and getting these athletes and how he likes to run stuff because he'll run it, run it up on you and then take deep shots, and he's got the dudes to do it, obviously, with – Worthy, Mitchell, Jordan Winnington, like, got the speed. Jatavion Sanders is a, you know, possibly first-round tight end pick. Also, like, one of the best in the country there. Quinn Ewers is really good getting the ball out. And, like, 
even replacing Brooks at running back, CJ Baxter was the number one running back recruit last year. So it's not like you're really dropping off there. So like, man, it's, you really need that bend, but don't break defense because there's not like one thing they do amazing that you can just key on. They do a lot of things very good. And so it's just going to have to be a complete and total effort on this defense. Yeah, I agree. It's going to have to be your typical bend, don't break. You're going to give up some drives. Can you stop them in the red zone? Can you hold them to field goals? Uh, can you limit one of their receivers to not have a great day? Can you stop the rushing attack? No bombs. Like- yeah, you can't have any defensive breakdowns like you had against UCF where uh, you, you, you miss You know, one guy hears the wrong play and, and you have two. <laughs> two defensive backs going on uh, uh, running at the quarterback. No easy touchdown. Yeah. You can't give up easy touchdowns. And, and for the most part this year, like this has been a defense that's really made offenses work. Like when you think about it, there haven't been a whole lot of games where you have just a, you know, a breakaway play. Right. Um, and so they're going to have to do a lot of that. Make Texas have to work for it. You know, be opportunistic. If you can get a turnover here and there, um, get them to third down and, and see if you can get off the field. But, uh, it's a tall task. This is the offense with lots of weapons, like you said, even their backup running back, uh, you know, a high recruit. So uh, you're dealing with a lot of athletes on this field. And uh, quite frankly, you're a defense that's been giving up a lot of yards here lately. And so uh, I expect T- uh, Texas to be able to move the ball on you. It's just can you stop them in the red zone, yeah. hold them to a field goal here and there, maybe get some fourth down stops, get yourself a turnover here and there. Maybe you'll end up on the right side of it. So. Last two questions before we move on to our final predictions for the regular season. Dustin, what would losing Friday to UT mean to you personally? Yeah, I think you mentioned earlier that not getting to play them and revenge it next year kind of sucks. Um, overall, you don't have a great record against UT, so like my expectations are never like crazy high. I always hope we can win, upset them, but – it's going to be how you lose. Like, do you lose in a close game? Are you within a touchdown most of the time? Or are you just getting the doors blown off of you and lose by 40? So, like, close loss won't hurt as much. Getting the doors blown off in this game being over by halftime, that would really, really hurt and suck. Yeah, uh, I'm right with you there. Like, it, it's going to – that's what they want to do. Like, that's what their fans on Twitter have been talking about. They want to run it up. Everything oh, yeah. runs through Lubbock, you know, blah, 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 and, and the your marks. But, so they they want this win. They want to run it up on you. And, and you know, that's that's what they're aiming to do. And so if that happens, that's going to leave a sick feeling in my stomach on Black Friday. Um, and then they get to hold that over you for who knows how long. And that that's what I'll have an issue with is that, you, like you said, you don't get to go out and avenge it next year. Um, and so, you know, your last trip to Austin wasn't good. <laughs> that was a, a, a blowout. So I'm hoping it doesn't do that. If you can go out there and compete and be close to with them and make it a game and one that they have to grind to get a victory, I'll feel a little better about it. It's still going to suck, but ultimately, um, that's kind of what I'm expecting heading into this. So I'm trying to prep Thank myself you. now. A win though, Dustin, what would a win mean to you? <laughs> Win is massive, man. Just because I mean, one seven wins, seven and yeah. five looks way better on your own record. Um, so you ended up with last year, and you felt real good about last year's season. Um, but like, 
winning. You end up on a four-game winning streak, tons of momentum going into all that that bowl prep, you know, month of practice. Um, and you're already starting to see some recruits yeah. coming in for 25 today. Uh, but like upsetting UT when they don't get to respond, you can hold that over the Twitter yeah. people's heads forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Twitter's going to be nuts if that happens on Friday and Saturday, like crazy. Um, and like, I don't expect us to blow their doors off, but Hey, if we win by one point, like we did UCF, that's all we yeah. need, baby. Um, especially in UT. Yeah. In front of your mark is there. You know, your mark would love that as well. And then the cherry on top is you ruin Texas's like national championship hopes. Because yeah. if they win this, now they could still get to the Big 12. They'll still get to the Big 12 champ game either way. But they're not getting to the college football playoff with two losses on their record. So you can ruin yeah. the end of their season for sure. Yeah, that would be the sweetest thing ever is to go out on top with a win. And then I would be fine not playing this game for like 20 years. I would be fine. Just, well, yeah. would just get a hold it over them. For, no, we're good. You know, we're good. We don't need to play, you guys. It, it wouldn't do us any good if we played y'all, you know. Uh, don't let them avenge them. <laughs> So sweet to be able to hold that over them, like you said, keeping them out of the college football playoff, being the team that did that. Um, you know, I think they're still probably going to make the Big 12 championship. So uh, there's there's still a slight chance that they could yeah. miss it. There's like a crazy tiebreaker situation that could happen. Oh, yeah. But, man, yeah, it would be sweet. And it would be Joey McGuire 2-0. and Y'all never beat Joey McGuire. And you get to hold that over their heads. And then, you know, of course, Michael Hudson was – getting recruited against Texas. So you get to bring him in and, 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 and it really just does like change your memory of this season. Sure. didn't go all that great. Didn't go the way that you expected some definite games in there that you look at and you're like, Oh man, we could have been an eight win team. Um, but you beat Texas. It makes it seem so much sweeter. And that seven and five record will look oh so good with a dub against the Longhorns. So, uh, really hoping for that. Uh, it would be a really – we'd be very thankful for that. Very, very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, and so hoping for a win on Friday. But uh, currently Vegas does not see the Red Raiders uh, giving Texas a, a, no. a, 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 that hard of a time. They have Texas as currently a 12-and-a-half point favorite on Friday. So, Dustin, let's begin our predictions here. Texas Tech. Texas. Texas is a 12 and a half point favorite. Which side are you going with? I mean, I, I think Tech can cover that. I don't think we get blown out by two touchdowns. So I'm going to take Tech on the spread part of this. All right, Dustin taking Texas Tech on the spread. I've struggled with this because I just don't think our offense – is going to be able to score <laughs> against this defense. And I think they're going to be able to move the ball. And maybe it's one of those things where it's a close game and they score kind of late. But I I think the 14-point spread that it originally was is pretty spot on. I think I think like it's going to be a two-score two game. So I'm going to take the Texas side of this. But I'm also kind of taking it because the, like, the two times I've gone against Tech on the spread, I think we've won. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna, there we I'm, go. I'm going to hope that helps. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Texas side of this, I think. I think two touchdowns. I, I just don't see a scoring. So what's your score prediction? Man, I'm going to be a homer and take us in the upset. All right. Just because 
I want to feel good about it. Go in with the win, out with the win, ruin their season. We win 27-24. to 24. Gino Garcia walks us off in the end. I would love to be optimistic, but I cannot. I just don't really see a scenario where we win this game. Um, <laughs> I just I, – I think, like, I our defense will give us a chance. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see our offense doing enough. And, and it's one of those things, it's like it's probably going to be one of those maddening Kitley games where you're just like, oh, you had opportunities, um, some bad calls here and there. Right. Um, and, and I don't really trust them when you might not be able to run the ball with Taj against this defense. So I think I got Texas 31 to 17. And it hurts, but I just, I, I just, I want to be yep. optimistic, but I'm really having a hard time getting there because I know Texas is going to, Really be wanting to get this one. Um, for sure. Offensive prediction time. What is your offensive prediction for this final game of the regular season? Yeah, you kind of hinted at it earlier. Uh, they're going to be selling out on the run against Brooks. So I think it's on Barron's shoulders to win this game for you. I think he needs to have like at least 250 passing yards. I think he gets like three touchdowns and no picks in this one. All right, so Baron, two fifty-three and zero. That would be a really good stat sheet for him. I think that would no, be the no turnovers is also key in there. Yeah, for a win. <laughs> yeah, you can't give this offense any more possessions. Um, no, you need every chance you have the ball to score some points. Uh, I'm kind of staying on a similar route here. I think Koy Aiken is going to be a have a hundred yard day. I would love that. Um, I think you're going to have to pass the ball, as we mentioned. He's like one; he's pretty much your only receiver who can consistently get separation. Uh, Texas is a defense that uh, their kind of weakness. It's not like a huge weakness, but they give up a pretty good chunk through the air and so and i also think you're going to be down in this game and you're going to have to throw it and so um yeah um i'm going to say koi aiken is your second receiver he does it again going over the 100 yard mark uh at the end of the season here defensive side of the ball dustin what route are you going i I, i'm struggling to come up with one this this week well to kind of go with baron throwing zero having zero turnovers, we need to have two turnovers in this game to give us a chance. Like that's what won you the game last year um, with the the overtime turnover by Merriweather on B. John. You need to take the ball away from Quinn and Sark at least twice here. That's a good one. You know, the few times that we've doubled down on a prediction, we've got it right. So I'm just going to double down on this. Let's go. Come on. I can't figure it out. Where I really want to go, the turnover route I know is going to be key if we want to figure out, uh, have a chance to win. You this can't game. get sacks, so don't go there. Yeah, sacks, uh, the whole the holding teams to under forty percent on third downs hasn't been a good prediction either. Um, singling out a person to get a turnover is hard, but I do like that two turnovers. I think that would help give you a chance to win this game. Defense needs to end a, end this season with a positive turnover. Uh, Positive turnover battle, win the turnover battle, and that would help it. So, quickly, our prediction recap, Dustin, Texas Tech 27, Texas 24, giving the Red Raiders the upset. I, on the other hand, not so optimistic. I got Texas winning 31-17. to 17. Offensive prediction, Dustin, 
It's got Baron Morton thrown for over 250 yards, three touchdowns, zero turnovers. I have Koi Aiken over 100 yards receiving. Defensively, we're doubling down and going with two turnovers for the defense uh, in this one in hopes that the Red Raiders pull off a huge upset on Friday over the Texas Longhorns in Austin. On Black Friday, it would be oh so sweet, but that will do it for our Texas Tech football coverage for this week and before the Thanksgiving holiday. We've got some Texas Tech basketball to discuss as the Red Raiders are in the Bahamas, set to tip off the battle for Atlantis on Wednesday. All right, the Red Raiders got another win on this season. They moved to 3-0, and oh, and I don't have it pulled up right here. Why can I not remember who we played? Uh, Texas A&M. San Jose. Uh, it was Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um, I forgot to go and add that part to my notes here. We played uh, last Thursday over the Islanders, the Islanders from Texas, um, getting the 73-64 victory over them. It was, a once again, a close battle, but you were able to uh, put together a nice run late to ultimately get yourself the victory. And now we head to Atlantis for the battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas. The Red Raiders set to tip off with Villanova on Wednesday at 1.30, not at the USA, <laughs> in the Bahamas. Remember, not a home game, people. Do not show up at the USA. Uh, Villanova currently ranked in the like I think they're twenty-one or something like that right now. Let's see what ESPN has, and they have them at as unranked, so they must have dropped out of the polls this week. They lost to they lost the road game to Penn, so that's probably why they dropped out of the polls. But a really good. Uh, opponent to start this tournament off for you the second straight year you're getting in one of these really cool tournaments so Dustin uh, your thoughts on the Red Raiders taking on Villanova and how you feel after kind of watching us these first three games Uh, unsure after the first three games are don't seem to be clicking very well on offense right now our three-point percentage sucks real bad Um, and that's kind of what we are going to live and die on this year now, luckily, we've played teams like Corpus Christi and Commerce and San Jose, so like we can overcome these bad shooting nights with getting to the free throw line. That has been a good positive for us is free throw line um, and down low scoring. So, but the defense is good against those teams yeah. for now. Uh, that's the other kind of hard part is you've been playing very low level type teams, um, respectively to you, um, but. Big test this week because at least your first two games be a really good matchup. Villanova game should be really fun. Um, also, Villanova has an Amarillo kid on their team that we were kind of recruiting yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So we get to see him in action, see what they got, and we didn't. Um, so it'll be nice to see how we play against real competition. Yeah, maybe we can get some revenge from the uh, Elite Eight season where they, they knocked us off and went and won the national championship. Um, yep. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of nervous as it goes into the game tomorrow. I haven't really seen anything that I've liked offensively, like you mentioned. We Our shots really aren't falling. We're not really hitting threes at a good clip. We're shooting a lot of them, but they always seem to hit the other side of the rim or not even – hit the rim at all oh, yeah. um and and they're good shots that's that's kind of the issue is like these are good 
open looks. We're not really forcing these threes up there. You're getting guys open and they just can't make these threes. And so is it one of those things like we're just off to a cold start and once these threes start hitting at a normal clip, then then you're going to kind of see the offense that, you know, beat Texas A&M. But right now I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how we did that or if we're just playing. Are we a team that plays to the competition level that we get up for the A&M game? Um, is it hard for us to get up to these? Right now, I hope that's the case going yeah. into this tournament because we're playing higher level teams. Like there are teams, you're like the second or third worst team going into this. There's a lot, a lot of high level teams in this. Yeah, you've got Arkansas, you've got North Carolina, you've got Michigan, um, you've got a lot of good squads here. So uh, it's going to take a good effort to come out of this tournament with a couple wins. So. Um, you're really going to need to play like you did against A&M. You're going to need to hit your shots. You're going to need to be able to shoot consistently well from three. You're going to need to play really good defense. Pop is going to have to score. Uh, he's been pretty non-existent yes. offensively for you these last two games. He's going to need to find that shot uh, and be a shot maker for you. Um, Chance McMillan kind of found his shot this last game. He led you in scoring with 17, so maybe that's one of the good signs you can take is hopefully like he's starting to make those shots and get his confidence up. Um, Joe Toussaint's been very clutch for you down the stretch of these games, so he's a guy you're going to yes. really have to trust. Um, Warren Washington, you need him to be in the game. We saw what happened once he got hurt. Things kind of fell apart for you. Um, so we need him at full strength. But um, what do you think the chances are that Tech can can beat Villanova in the first round here tomorrow? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I hope we're the play up to our competition um, type team come out firing I mean, this is grant mccaslin's kind of first big big showcase i guess for him in texas tech so hope there's not too much like ooh and awe over yeah. the bahamas and they come to play basketball especially the first game um so i think we can play with villanova i'm not this is not the villanova of five years ago that was right. super dominant top 10 team for quite a few years like they're still good don't get me wrong there but they're kind of back down to earth and just a little better than you. Like, I don't think there's a huge gap here. So I think you have a pretty good chance to win this. Yeah, I think you do too. I think, you know, uh, you have a good chance to go in, play with them. I think it's going to be a pretty competitive game tomorrow. I see us being a team that can stay around in these games. Um, just can you, you know, if your shots are falling, you know, it, it, it could be a really good day for you if that you're finally, hey, Pops hitting shots, chances hitting shots. Yeah, uh, other guys are able to hit shots that's really going to open up your offense. I think defensively, you're going to be able to keep uh, yourself in the game. Um, and 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 one of the things from the last two games that you've seen is you have some guys that you trust in late game situations uh, to kind of carry you down the stretch. And so I think like having a little bit of adversity at the start of the season is kind of nice to kind of know, hey, here's the guys that we trust. Let's get the ball in Joe Tucson's hand um, and, and yeah. let him kind of carry us down the stretch. And so. Uh, having to play some of these close games, I think will benefit you in this tournament. And then, yeah, just, you know, we'll throw it up and we'll see, you know, I think tomorrow's definitely like, I think this is a team that's going to get up for it. And uh, I, I expect them to be competitive and, and we'll see if they're able to pull it off. If they do, uh, you're probably facing North Carolina in the next round, which that would be a huge matchup and they're, uh, another really good opportunity for you to try to, notch another important win this season or just really just to kind of see how you stack up with the likes <laughs> of a North Carolina. Uh, if you lose, you're probably playing Northern Iowa. Um, and we'll, we won't really talk about what the third game will be, but 
Uh, Dustin, how many wins do you think I will will get in this tournament? You see one, you see two, or where, where are you going with? Yeah, so like, this gives me flashbacks to Maui of last think? year. Went in really well. And so like, kind of answer your question, what's a successful trip? How many wins? Honestly, I just want one. <laughs> I just want one win, man. Yeah. Like, just because Maui went so bad for us last year. <laughs> everything turned out. And yeah. everything turned after that. So like, I don't care who it's against. I just want one good win while we're there. And maybe a good loss also. <laughs> yeah, successful trip for me. Yeah. Get a win. Don't come back empty handed. Um, but be competitive in these games. If you know, if they're they're close right. games, they're close losses, you know, you go one and two, but you're right there at the end against Villanova and you're right there at the end against, you know, Arkansas or, you know, or some other team, I, you know, Arkansas is probably going to yeah. get a winner's bracket, but like a, a Stanford or a camera, the other team that's in this, but um, if you end up like being close and competitive and you can see, all right, we, this is what we can build on like that. Yeah. I'll feel pretty good about this. Knowing like, all right, we got it. We got a chance. We can stack up with some of the, uh, the good teams yeah. and we'll have a chance to go win some games. Uh, in conference play, of course, as these players get more and more familiar with playing each other, you can only get better as the season goes on. So uh, that's what constitutes a successful trip for us. Who's uh, your breakout player candidates for this tournament? Who, who do you think steps up and helps lead the Red Raiders uh, if we are able to get a win, two wins uh, in this tournament? I'm going to keep riding the hot hand and give me more chance, McMillan. Yeah. Like we, I told y'all last episode, like, He's going to be a dude. He's a 40-plus percent three-point shooter from previous year. He's a senior. Like, let him get his feet under him, you know, in the red and black, and he'll be all right. And he went off last game for us, did a little bit of everything. Um, so I think he could be a big dude for you, and I'm going to keep riding with Chance. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I really like Chance. Um, it was good to see him kind of get going. He hit a couple threes for you when you were struggling yeah. to make threes, but also was able to get to the bucket. Um, had a nice little transition alley-oop dunk that, you know, see the athleticism yeah. from him. Um, I think that's a good pick. I'm going to go with a, another favorite of ours to start the season, Darian Williams. I think he's going to be another big factor for you in this tournament. Uh, the way he can defend multiple positions and then offensively how in control he is. Um, and so they're two guys, like when Chance shoots the ball, it always looks like it's going in. It's such a sweet shot yeah it's a good shot uh and and darian's just such a good playmaker he sees the court really well plays you know at his own pace um but uh is a fun guy to watch so those are our two kind of breakout players for this tournament uh we've already got our what makes a successful trip so the red raiders tip off again tomorrow against villanova at 1 30 um you can i don't know where that game will be broadcasted on um Ooh. Probably some weird probably, downloading yeah, type like place. ESPN or FS1 or something like that because it's a, a day game uh, on a Wednesday. But looking forward to that, we'll find a lot out about this team. And so we'll be back next week to discuss, you know, what we saw from the battle for Atlantis and then, you know, shift our focus to the rest of uh, the non-conference season for Texas Tech basketball, but that's everything we got for you guys this week. Before we get out of here, Dustin, what is your final shot this week? Final shot is the freaking Chiefs need to get Patrick Mahomes, a goddamn receiver that can catch. I know Travis Kelsey's really good. Pacheco's okay and running back, but 
outside of those two guys, like skill guys, like garbage, garbage ass receivers, like MVS, perfect 60 yard touchdown pass right in his hands, just straight up drops it. Like, and then Sky Moore's Watson. whatever, Kadarius Tony, he drops everything. Like, it's freaking ridiculous that they have the best quarterback in this generation and you can't get him a receiver. Like that can just catch good joke. Good. These are perfect passes. They're not even yeah, like that fourth and twenty five. The fourth and twenty five quarterback yeah. in the NFL uh, that's basically lost. And he throws a perfect ball right through uh whatever that eighty four receiver's name is. I'm not even gonna remember it because he's that bad, but get him a through his hand. Perfect receiver, though. like that can catch, like trade some picks, whatever you need to do to get him a reliable guy. Like he doesn't need to be a pro bowler. Just a reliable, good receiver. Like, it's ridiculous. Dude, everybody, like, every team in the NFL, no matter if they're trash, has, like, one receiver that's startable in fantasy. The Chiefs have nobody. Like, you, you don't have oh, any of receivers on your fantasy team. Maybe have Rasheed Rice, but, like. like they should have went out and got nobody. Brandon Cooks like the Cowboys did. Like, yeah. they need a third receiver that's reliable. And, like, that's working it's, out. Get him a freaking receiver. baffling to me. Bill Simmons talked about it like with Tom Brady. There was like that one year right before they got Randy Moss where they didn't bring in any receivers and Brady was like super pissed. And then yeah. after that, they're like, all right, we got him, Randy Moss. Uh, and then they go on to have a, a, a resurgence. We'll get him Devontae Adams they're like next year. You got to go get him somebody because like you're last year, you know, you were able to win despite not really having any of these receivers. But uh, like he was doing the MVP. Juju was like, at was least their all the guy last year. Yeah, and Travis was, you know, a, a, a year younger. Um, but, yeah, it, it was pretty embarrassing last night. I think they yeah. had, like, six total drops. It's just ridiculous watching And they're that, perfect passes. Like, you can't catch the ball for oh, you. Yeah. Sorry it hits you in the hands. You can't place – you couldn't place the ball any better. No. On that MVS one, that was, like, the most perfect pass. from it's the like, oh, a touchdown to go up time. and win this game. Never mind. I don't want it. That's literally what he's in the NFL to do is go catch bombs, and he just drops them. Uh, that was so frustrating. Yep. Uh, watching that, uh, Pat's got to be so you – know, like, I, I don't know how he – you know, I'll be so mad at those dudes, but he'll he'll be like, you know, it was on me, it was on me. He did. He was, uh, he was great on the podium, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's a good team guy. We always know Pat's going to back up his guys, but that front office needs to figure it out. Um, my final shot, the Texas Tech women's soccer season, unfortunately, comes to an end. They defeated Princeton on a Friday in PKs to move on to the Sweet 16, uh, but they fell to North Carolina, one to nothing on Sunday. Uh, ending their season was a fun season for them. Uh, unfortunate ending, but that's how the majority of these seasons end. So, uh, good run from them. A season to be remembered for sure. Big 12 champs, that's always got a good ring to it and so they made us red raider nation proud i wanted to give them a shout out and uh, that will do it officially for us for this week's episode we appreciate you guys hanging out with us and once again hope you all have a happy thanksgiving drive safe to wherever you're headed hope you enjoy this episode as you're driving make sure you give us a follow follow us on apple follow us on spotify give us those five stars five stars for the tailgate and if you listen to on Apple, you can always leave us a review. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We also have Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. 
enjoyed talking about this UCF victory, getting ready for UT, and also getting ready for the battle for Atlantis. And as always, we will catch y'all at